Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lin, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be talking about what we're looking forward to this fall in our Health IT Fall Preview. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 15 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. I imagine you're ready for fall, but not nearly as much as me because it is still 102 degrees outside here. So give me fall. <laughs> it is quite warm here in Toronto, but not nearly as warm as it is in uh, in Vegas, I'm sure. Yeah, what's warm? The 80s or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's in the high 90s here, which is scorching for us. That is. But, Are you going to be you know, all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of melting. <laughs> you know, I feel like, John, for this episode, almost like, I'm expecting like, you know, health IT stuff to walk down a runway or something. We're doing like a fall preview. It's like our fall fashion preview, right? That's what, yeah, I, that's what I have see, in my mind. I feel like I need to pop up in the video version, uh, <laughs> a little, uh, you know, model, supermodel or something. <laughs> yes. And we're showing off this year's app. Right? <laughs> it kind of is like, that's, uh, that, that's what we should talk about this one. Uh, who are we interested in watching? That's true. In fact, that's that's really what I was going to ask you, John, is, is, you know, what companies you think are we going to be talking about this fall? Yeah, so I think there's two categories of company and maybe a third that, you know, we've kind of already been starting. And, and, and the first category of company is all the remote patient monitoring companies. Uh, I'm really amazed with what companies like Carium are doing. They're really approaching it from a a different angle than what they, you know, a lot of the other RPM companies are doing. And so I think they're interesting, not just in healthcare, but even healthcare adjacent uh, groups that are really trying to push that envelope around wellness. So I think companies like that, that understand influencing behavior, have the connectivity to all of those wearable devices and data that's needed and really pushing to do uh, behavior change is really interesting. Another one that I was fascinated by an interesting this one uh correlates with another category that's that'll be interesting to me and that's lirio l-y-r-i-o if i remember right i met them at, at the hymns conference and they're really tuning personalized personalized ai to do the behavior change and kind of an ongoing always learning model because every message that i send you i learn something more about you you know, based on your interaction, or even maybe more importantly, your lack of interaction, or your partial interaction, each of those influences how I should respond to you. And getting that kind of personalization is really incredible. So that's, I think, the RPM, then AI is another area. And then Probably a third one that I, I, I think, uh, you know, we'll be watching for is the digital front door. So just everyone trying to figure out, okay, how do I provide an amazing patient experience that works when they can sit in the waiting room and when they can't, because we're going to still be weaving back and forth between that. Those are interesting ones. I'm especially interested in Lirio. That's, uh, that's going to be a company. I, I think we're, I agree. I think we're going to be talking about them in the fall. 
for me, I'm going to knock off a couple of the obvious ones. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about Epic this fall. Uh, you know, they're sort of perennially, we're going to be talking about Epic. That's I think more so we're going to be talking about Cerner, of course, with their new yeah. CEO and, you know, what new directions or hints of new directions we might be seeing from that company, maybe a change in philosophy. Not really sure what's going to happen, but, but I think we're going to be talking about them because of that change at the top. Um, I also wonder if we're going to see maybe some... Uh, follow fallout in terms of you know hmm. people moving from Cerner on to other companies right just that tends to happen as management changes so uh, I think we're going to be talking about them it's interesting uh, you say that because you know I would almost describe some of what happened at Cerner is that you know the founder passed away unfortunately and the other guy came in and chopped a bunch of stuff right like he's the fall guy it's kind of like in football right you have the the legacy coach that's amazing that has it then you have the fall guy after it and then the next guy can actually do the good work so uh you know I, maybe that's the case with Cerner is that okay he did all the hard work of cutting out the fat and doing things that he needed to and will this third guy bring it up but yeah i mean to your point we're going to be talking about it <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely going to be a hot topic i think um as well we're going to be talking about walmart and amazon right mm. i think this past summer we've obviously talked about google and apple with their closing of their uh, of their uh, shuttering of their health division. Yeah, scaling it down i think is the the uh, pr term they use the pr right? term yeah <laughs> scaling it down <laughs> but but i think we're going to be talking about walmart and amazon um a because i think now you know there's a gap in the market in terms of you know we want to talk about big tech and those two mm. i think fall into that category um, and i think also they've made strides quietly over the last uh, year or plus in the retail health space uh, with their acquisitions, with some of the smart things that they're doing. And I think this fall, certainly I'm gonna be looking for now the real stories. Let's talk about the successes. Let's talk about what they're doing. Um, I, I'm not predicting that there's gonna be a big giant reveal, but I think there's gonna be a thirst to understand what's really happening in that space because we've been sort of, they've been flying under the radar uh, during this whole COVID time. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think I'm on the record of Amazon, pro, you know, and what they're going to do in healthcare, and and probably the most potential of any of those. So, I, I won't be surprised in that happening for sure. I think there's also going to be some interesting security companies, and they're going to be in the news and in discussions for both good and bad, right? Uh, you know, you know, an example of that is Fortinet, right? They were in the news recently about some vulnerabilities and different things, but they're also going to be in the news because they stop so much of it. Right. So, uh, you know, we're going to see a lot with them. You know, I think proof points a really fascinating one because most uh, CIOs and CISOs have realized that, okay, I've kind of got my physical IT security down in, in, in a good way. Uh, it's interesting. I'm calling it physical now uh, you know, because that, that there is the physical security as well. But I'm talking about the firewalls and router protection and management, et cetera, et cetera, right? And creating different uh, networks that for your med device so that they're separate from the other. And all those things, like we got a pretty good handle on that. But what we don't have a handle on is the vulnerability known as humanity and, and the people at an organization. So I think companies like Proofpoint that offer solutions 
around the uh, you know spam and different you know phishing attacks on healthcare organizations are going to become more and more important and being able to do what we did on the physical security side network security side being able to do that on the human side i think is going to be a powerful topic um, i think so I- I totally, I love those companies. Those, those are ones definitely keep your eyes on. And just in general, the security space uh, is always going to be a hot topic. And I think in the fall, um, it's going to be hot as remain hot. For me, I, I'm looking um, a bit more practical. I'm looking at uh, revenue cycle uh, companies. Mm. Um, in particular, I'm, I'm tracking and, and, and looking at a company like Coral Health, which by the way, for full disclosure, is a supporter of healthcare IT today. Um, but they've you know, created some really interesting AI technology to help behavior, implement behavior change in physicians to help them uh, document better so that the downstream impact on the coding and the claims is better, right? And so they're attacking the problem at the source rather than try to put the Band-Aid at the tail end of that process. And you know, we're doing a series of interviews with them to really kind of uncover what that AI means and how that behavior change is happening. To me, that's sort of a practical application of AI that doesn't get into the clinical AI, which has kind of got a little bit of a cloud hanging over it right now. So I'm excited to see what's happening in the revenue cycle um, area. Also because you know we're getting towards the end of the year, right? And there's gonna be a bit more focus, I think, on the year ends and the revenues and, and collecting and doing all these things. So um, I think that comes into a lot more focus as people start to plan for 2022 and try to close off 21. I think revenue cycle is going to be top of mind for a lot of people. And we're going to be reading about those kinds of companies. Yeah. We probably should have full disclosure that half of the companies we talk about advertise on healthcare IT today, since about half of health (laughs) IT advertises on healthcare IT today. So full disclosure there, (laughs) there's a whole mix of them, but uh, you know, it is interesting what you said about revenue cycle and, being able to make that more sophisticated is so powerful. Uh, and Coral Health's a great example of that. I think we're seeing it in the payment side as well. I think there's a company, I think it's called RevCycle Plus. And I read something recently about what they were doing, pulling Amazon data. So then they can customize the messaging that they're sending to patients because based on the Amazon data, they can predict okay, they're not going to pay ever. So why are we even collecting it? We should just write it off and do something else with it, right? Whereas if we do this one, we do a payment plan, that makes sense. So I mean, these sophisticated strategies, which pull out the data from other other industries to help understand the patient, I think is a, is a powerful trend as well, right? As far as that's concerned. Uh, and I think that the other one along those lines though, and this is really a kind of a category of healthcare IT, is the communication platforms. I think we all have, you know, every health system has 10 communication (laughs) platforms. So consolidating that and figuring out which ones make sense for both internal communication and the external communication to the patient. And do those need to be the same or should they be separate? I think we're going to be talking a lot about that because we've needed those systems. We now have some experience with those systems because of COVID. And so now we're going to say, okay, what's the better way since we're probably going to have to be doing a lot of this communication going forward. And that relationship with the patient and communication channel with them is going to become so important. Yeah, that was the actually the theme of one of the questions I posed to the panel at uh, HIMSS in the pre-conference. You know, we've we've kind of swung the pendulum so far the other way. Like 
we've all all the departments in the hospital now want to communicate with patients. They all implemented their own versions of it <laughs> or had it included in the software that they use. And now a patient could literally get 11, 12 messages from the same provider organization in the same day, right? Which is really not a great experience when you think about it. So yeah, I think there's consolidation going to be happening, but not in the sense of mergers or acquisitions, but more of, okay, let's, can we get to one or two systems rather than 13 or 14 people emailing or texting patients individually? Let's figure out ways we can get smarter around these conversations, which is very hard and very difficult. But, you know, companies like SR Health and Well Health and, you know, these kinds of companies are trying to tackle this. I'm sure Relation is doing the same thing, right? And Stereocycle Communication Solutions, all these companies are trying to figure out ways to go, okay, how do we take five departmental messages, prioritize them and turn them into one message that we can deliver to the patient. Um, yeah. Not as easy as it sounds. Well, and it is the shift because if you think, you know, EHR dominated the discussion for, I don't know, five to 10 years, right? And ironically is still an important discussion because now it's optimization, it's access to data, it's all that. I mean, it's, and it's going to be going forward, but we didn't talk that much about communication in the last decade, but now I think it's really coming to the fore And this fall. We're going to have to figure out some of that. Uh, you know, the exciting thing is these, because there's been a renewed interest in it, there's been a renewed investment and the sophistication of what's available has increased beyond what, you know, I think many of us would have even dreamed a decade ago. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. Today, we're talking about what we are both looking forward to this fall, sort of our health IT fall preview, technologies, conferences, and news. And if you enjoy listening to our show, we think you'll enjoy the Healthcare Wrap podcast with our friends, Jared Johnson and Zane Ismail. The Healthcare Wrap has been discussing digital transformation in healthcare for more than three years and 150 episodes. Each week, Jared and Zane share provocative thinking for healthcare innovators and digital teams with a fresh, unique style. And yes, of course, there's wrapping. Subscribe today to the Healthcare Wrap on Alexa, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, John, let's talk about the big elephant in the room. <laughs> What's your prediction about COVID and the impact it's going to have for health IT in the fall? It's funny you called it an elephant. I was trying to think of a funny quip about what would be a bigger elephant. And then I was like, there's nothing, <laughs> like, nothing <bigger. laughs> like nothing even compares to COVID, like as far as the impact and, and man, I mean, when we were talking about, should we even talk about this? Like, I, I say that now they're like, Oh, are you going to this conference? People ask me and I'll be like, I've got my flight, but COVID, <laughs> you know, like I can't make any predictions with COVID, but I mean, uh, you know, let's go out on a limb here and, and talk a little bit. I actually am going to predict that COVID gets much more manageable in the next month to two months where healthcare IT organizations are not going to be overwhelmed with COVID the way they have been this summer even, uh, and that they're going to be able to get back to work. They're going to be able to get back to some of the projects that they've had to put off because they have to roll out command centers and remote testing sites and remote vaccination sites and I, I, you know, my prediction is in the next two months, we're going to see 
some improvement or at least some stability in that regard that will allow people to get back to other ones. I mean, I, we did an interview with Sentara about their VMware virtualization implementation, which they did during COVID, which is just shocking that they had the bandwidth and ability to do it. And of course, they commented that we needed to do it, right? It was part of, it was almost part of the COVID response to have that flexibility. But uh, yeah, so that's my first prediction is that uh, give us, give us a month or two and, and we'll be back to more normally regular <laughs> scheduled program. <laughs> I certainly hope that's the case. I mean, it, you know, every day there's different news as to whether the numbers are going up or down or leveling. I think it just depends on where you live. I think for me, uh, I think the impact on health IT, I'll take the other side on the vendor side is actually going to be more significant this fall than mm. it has been in this last year for, for one very big reason. And that is um, the fact that this newest variant and potentially the next set of variants coming through the Lambda one or whatever we're calling it next, um, obviously it's targeting and, and impacting people who are unvaccinated. Uh, more um, more harshly than people who are vaccinated. But part of that community is kids, right? We're seeing an increasing number of children being hospitalized in the ICU. And I think as parents, that hits home more than anything. And so I think parents who work at companies, any company, but health IT included, will be a lot more cautious this year than before when it was just themselves that they were kind of making the risk assessment on because now they're not gonna to wanna to go back to the office, right? They're, they're yeah. gonna go, look, I'm, if I have kids at home, I'm not gonna take the chance. So I'd rather stay at home. Let's just wait until the kids can be vaccinated and then I'll go back full-time or, or back into more office situations. Or similarly, what we're seeing at conferences, right? Like, uh, or even, fan, or even co company get-togethers. Like, okay, you know what? I've got kids at home. I know you're all vaccinated, but there's still a chance one of you might have it. So I just don't wanna bring that back to my house because my kids have no protection. So yeah. I think we're going to see kind of a, I don't want to say reversal, but a, a, okay, you know what, referring to the next six months, we're still going to be working remotely. We're not coming back to the office. And so I think that's going to delay the sense of returning to normal from at least a worker standpoint. Yeah. And I'll piggyback that prediction a bit as far as, okay, what's the future of remote work? Um, I think we did see kind of a trend with a number of organizations. It's like, yeah, come back to the office. And I think many of them were, okay, maybe we'll do hybrid going forward, but maybe not, you know, they were kind of on the fence. And I think in the fall, we're going to see it cemented in that, hey, the future is going to be a hybrid environment. And, you know, that may look different at different companies, depending on how far people live away. I saw a recent piece of data around an organization in New York, and obviously it was clear the ones that lived in Manhattan came into the Manhattan office much more often and those that were further out didn't. And so I think there's going to be like a cementing of that that says, okay, if you chose to live somewhere else, then yeah, you're not going to come in. And it's going to be a more reasonable expectation. Whereas I think for a number of organizations, they were saying, no, I want you in here three days a week and whatever it might be, or you know, even five days a week in Epic's case and <laughs> other ones, right? I was so, going to say, John, are you singling out Epic there? Because it sounded like you were. <laughs> I, I wasn't, but uh, they should be. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, hopefully, that, hopefully even they'll get a, a maturity in their approach to it right and and i think that's a good thing uh we're seeing the same thing on the recruiting front that's waking up a lot of 
organizations where it's like, if you're not offering flexibility, they're going to go other places. And right now, health IT in the fall has not been slowed down by COVID in any way and as, as I see it. In fact, if anything, it's accelerated the number of vendors and companies that are hiring. Maybe on the provider side, it's slowed down the hiring some, but you know they got enough stimulus, they got enough recovery. Even there, it seems pretty strong. So I think we're going to have a strong job market for health IT professionals. And that means retention of your employees is going to become more and more important. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you just said there. I also think what you said earlier around us learning to live and deal with COVID, you know, we're, we're, by the end of this year, we'll have two years of experience, right? And I think it will start to decline, at least in terms of the mental space that yeah. we're dedicating to thinking about COVID will start to decline, even though this disease might still be around, right? I just think we're now used to potentially masking up inside of buildings. We're used to, okay, if we're going to go get together in a large group, you're going to have to prove you're either vaccinated or take a test. Like, yes, I know there's some, some controversy around that, but I think it's going to become more like, okay, like that's just something we have to do. You know, we're, you know, when we, we're going to really think about whether or not we need to get together for meetings uh, or if we can just do it remotely, or if it can just be done by emails, all those things, I think we're going to be learning we're going to be now more accepting of. And so therefore just seem a little bit more normal. Talking about controversy. What did you think of Delta charging those that are unvaccinated $200 more for their health insurance, which is a fascinating move by them. I'm interested to see how it plays out, how the reaction is. Uh, so instead of saying you have to be vaccinated, so it's fine. You don't vaccinated. Let's put the cash there, right? And it's two hundred dollars if you don't do it. Uh, you know, someone compared it to seatbelts, and that it didn't really happen until the dollars were there to actually penalize you for not doing it. I thought that was an interesting comparison. But then people also raised on the other side the question: so, like, okay, so should you do the same for those that smoke? Should you do the same for those that you know in, insert bad habit that you you know don't like? Uh, is that going to be, you know, is that going to be a Pandora's box of other things or, and, and then of course there's plenty of legal questions, but I thought it was an interesting move to say, Hey, I, I'm not going to force you to be vaccinated, but you've got to pay for it because you're going to increase our insurance costs if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. I think it's, a, I, I think it is, has opened a Pandora's box on many fronts, but that one, I think it will, I, I think, and I think it's hard to argue on the other side of that right? To say, well, it's true. Like the numbers are there. If you do get COVID and get hospitalized, um, you know, you're going to cost more. And if you're unvaccinated, you're 10 times or 20 times more likely to be hospitalized, right? Yeah. Um, so therefore you should pay more. Similarly with smoking. Similarly, I mean, we could do a whole episode on this, but I think it's hard to argue the other side and say we should be equitable and fair to everybody, right? Um, yeah, why so, should everyone else be paying for you because you don't want to get vaccinated? But then it gets even more, you know, religious exemptions, medical exemptions. I, I mean, maybe they have those involved too. Uh, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's not. I don't say it's it's an easy road, but I. It's hard to argue the economics, and this is what they're. What this is what Delta is saying is it's purely an economic statement. Right? This is not a statement on vaccines. It's just a statement on look. This is what it costs us, right? And so we're going to charge these people more. Um, Quick, quick way to end off the, the, this episode, John, we're getting to the end of it. Um, what conferences are you looking forward to this fall? 
Well, I mean, uh, you're given this COVID talk, uh, who doesn't want to go to San Diego in October for uh, MGMA and Shine back to back? You know, I, I think uh, that's going to be a welcome relief, uh, you know, and I think it's a good good place to hold it. Uh, it, it you know, events in San Diego are, are great. So those are two that I'm really interested to see. Uh, I think MGMA has taken an interesting approach. They do the in-person with no virtual the one week in October in San Diego. And then I think it's two weeks later or something like that. They're doing a dedicated virtual. So they, you know, they understood that if you have an in-person and a virtual at the same time, there's kind of a haves and haves not, uh, you know, perspective there. So they separated them, which I kind of like that approach. So, uh, and what's interesting, you can participate in both if you want, which, you know, we'll see how that plays out. So those are two that are probably top of my list uh, right now. Yeah, for, for me, MGMA, um, always the top of a list for me, but but also because this year their approach to the hybrid event is unique. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to actually being at both the in-person, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, and and at the uh, virtual one. Um, I'm looking forward to HLTH Health um, in Boston. Um, is my, You've is never my, been, so. I've never been, yeah. So this is going to be kind of interesting. I'm really looking forward to that one, uh, especially with all the changes and things that are happening there. And and the excitement that I think people are feeling about going to, uh, to, to that event. Um, are you more excited for HLTH or are you more excited for the seafood? Uh, uh, <laughs> I know, I know about you in Boston. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I will, I will plead the fifth. You'll say but, yes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I will say that um, I will be having a lot of lobster rolls while I'm there. That's uh, I will say that. Well, there has to be a cannoli run and a visit to the North end for me. So <laughs> I feel you, you know, Boston's great for that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. Obviously they've required vaccination. MGMA has required vaccination as well. I won't be surprised if Chime does, or I haven't seen either way, but you know, I think that's the reality and I don't, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't keep doing that. So uh, I, I think that's good. Um, uh, and but you know we'll see how many people really go to to HLTH to health and to, to these other events. Uh, I think you know as we said in our last episode, the fact that Hims was able to do it with Delta spiking probably bodes well for many of these conferences. And then of course uh, you know I have some in Vegas too, so uh, HCIC is coming to Vegas. It's always nice when they come to my home. It's partially why I live in Vegas, so it'll be fun to see some healthcare marketing people there. Yeah, the one I have, we'll have to give a shout out to uh, one conference that's completely virtual that I'm looking forward to is uh, AHIMA. Uh, they won the 2021 uh, Medigy Hitmake Award for uh, Virtual Event of the Year. So I'm looking forward to going to that because it was a very well run virtual event. So looking forward to that uh, this year in the fall. Yeah, I'm interested to see if maybe some uh, unique virtual events come up this fall. And is there potentially, you know, a vendor that puts on just a really cool, innovative, you know, user event or something like that? You know, I could see that happening and it would be, you know, I think it would be a welcome site for me. I think I'd be interested in seeing how that played out. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll see what the, the, the virtual brings, right? Uh, but uh, you know, to me, there's a potential for someone to do something creative this fall that we haven't seen before. Yes, this is a, a shout out to Kairos. Um, more penguin feeding. They had the penguin feeding as yeah. part of their more of that. In fact, they should probably do the whole um, the whole conference from the the 
the aquarium in there. I think in Boston. So we'll just do a whole expo health event with penguin feeding, and then we'll show some sea lions, and then maybe the some whales. Yeah, everything. That'd be, that would be monkeys. awesome. And then, of course, the keynote speaker is the panda. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. For more details about our show, check out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSN. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lee. Thanks for listening and have a great week.